Welcome to the podcast at thatguitarlover.com. I'm your host, Russ Chevalier. First off, I want to acknowledge reader and listener and good friend David for the inspiration for this episode. Let's start at the very beginning, which, as we joke about on the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast, is a very good place to start. Guitar picks in North America and most of the world, also known as plectrums in the UK and other countries, are small, flat, commonly triangular-shaped objects used to pluck or strum the strings of a guitar. They've been a crucial component of guitar playing since the instrument's inception and come in a variety of shapes, sizes, and materials. For the purpose of simplicity, I'm going to use the word pick because that's what they're called where I live here in Canada. While the concept of a pick includes thumb picks and finger picks, those are very special and unique items. So, in this episode, I'm going to focus on the common guitar pick held between the thumb and index, or thumb and middle finger. If that last one sounds odd, check out some videos of Eddie Van Halen and see how he leveraged the middle finger thumb grip to facilitate his tapping technique. The history of guitar picks can be traced back to the late 1800s, where they were first introduced as a way to improve the tone, and more specifically, the volume of the guitar. Prior to the advent of picks, guitarists would use their fingers or fingernails to pluck or strum the strings, which limited the volume and tone of the instrument. This is not to say that fingers or fingernails are not viable, because they are and they bring unique and pleasing tonality to the game. But today, we're talking about external picks. The first picks that we encountered were made from materials such as tortoise shell, bone, and ivory, which were all easily accessible at the time and natural products. As the popularity of the guitar grew in the 20th century, the demand for picks increased, leading to the production of picks made from various materials such as celluloid, nylon, and other plastics. Celluloid was a popular material used in the construction of guitar picks during the 1920s and 1930s, as it was cheap, easy to manufacture, and had a tonal quality similar to tortoiseshell. Please note that I said similar because I am well aware that those who spend huge money on, or sell old tortoiseshell picks for huge money, will want to kick me in the head. The production of celluloid picks declined in the 1940s due to safety concerns related to the manufacturing process at that time, mostly due to toxic fumes. Nylon picks were introduced back in the 1940s and quickly became a popular alternative to celluloid. Nylon picks were more durable and had a brighter tone, making them ideal for lead playing or any style where the player wanted to hear the pick bite into the string. However, players found that nylon picks of the time lacked the warm tone and responsiveness of natural materials, like tortoiseshell, bone, and ivory, and some people considered them at that time to be too sterile. And frankly, some people still do. In the current marketplace, guitar picks are made from a variety of materials, including synthetics like nylon, delrin, and celluloid, as well as natural materials such as bone, wood, and stone. However, the use of natural materials has declined due to environmental concerns and the illegality of some materials, particularly ivory and tortoiseshell. 
Bone picks are also less common, and while they warm nicely under the fingers, unless they're properly finished, they will tend to develop an aroma over time. An aroma that lots of folks find quite unpleasant. Some players advocate the use of coins as picks. Brian May is known for using a well-worn sixpence as a pick, and Billy Gibbons played for a long time with a buffalo head nickel. Some guitar makers also do limited runs of metal picks. I happen to own a PRS pick that is very thin and is made of some metal alloy gifted to me by my good friend Andrew Lye of Cosmo Music in recognition of the number of PRS guitars that he has helped me purchase. You can even buy some picks today made from leather. In addition to materials, picks come in different thicknesses. When I was coming up, I had a choice between light, medium, and heavy. But now we have picks measured in fractions and whole millimeters and different materials impacting not only the thickness, but the flexibility. More on that to come. Let's start with the materials. Celluloid plastic remains the most common material. It's cheap, easy to make, easy to cut, and you can get them in all manner of patterns and styles. The most common are still the fake tortoiseshell look picks in the size called the 351. You'll likely know that as the common size of the Fender branded picks. Celluloid plastic is more flexible than tortoiseshell, but much stiffer than the popular nylon alternative. The finish tends to be smooth. Some folks call it pearl-like, and some people then find it a bit slippery, while there are others who would use nothing else at all. Nylon is a very flexible plastic construction. Players liking this very flexible pick tend to go with very thin nylons. While this material is widely available, the Jim Dunlop brand really started the trend to thickness measured picks, with a range from 0.25 millimeters to now up to 3 millimeters in thickness. Nylon produces a warmer tone than celluloid plastic to some ears, while other players say it is much brighter. Plainly, tone is in the ear of the listener. Nylon picks tend to be of a single color and are often available with an etched surface of some type to improve grip, such as the popular cat's tongue lineup. Delrin is a material designed by the DuPont Company. You will find Delrin under the marketing names of Tortex and Everlast. Delrin is typically very stiff and like nylon is available in a wide range of thicknesses. Jim Dunlop's Tortex line uses color coding to identify thickness, so there's consistency because the Tortex picks are available in different shapes. Delrin has an almost powdery feel and is said by users to give an improved grip. My good friend Cody Shaw uses a blade etched a crosshatch pattern in his favorite Delrin picks to further improve the grip. Stone picks are typically specialist made and are constructed of agate, jade, turquoise, and jasper. Stone has a completely unique feel and warms in your fingers over time. They come in typically three ranges of thickness and are commonly ground into different sizes. Stone picks, being more esoteric, are expensive, starting at around $25 and climbing to over $225 dollars, that is U.S. money, per pick depending on the material. 
If you want to see some really beautiful stonework, head over to stoneworks.com. You can find metal picks made from alloys, steel, and even titanium. They tend to start at around $25 US depending on the metal used. They tend to be stiffer than nylon at each available thickness. The folks at Graftech are now offering picks made of tusk, also known as fake ivory. They have grip areas so they don't slide because the rest of the pick is very smooth on the strings. They are all fairly thin and as yet thick picks are not available. I recently even found a set of carbon fiber picks. What I can tell you is that they were costly and in an admittedly very short trial on my part did nothing for me at all. Acrylic is another material used for guitar picks. I'll tell you my bias up front, it's my personally favorite material, and I buy mine from V-Pix in Nashville, Tennessee. They come in all kinds of different shapes, with different edge bevels, and the option for what the owner calls ghost edges, where the polished edges are roughed up a tiny bit to put a little bit more drag on the string as the pick strikes it. They're also available with holes drilled for better grip, and even contours. I like acrylic because it warms in your fingers and, while not sticky, is also not slippery. As I vary the amount of grip strength on the pick depending on my goal for tone, I personally like this capability. Pick shapes are quite varied and players tend to gravitate to a particular shape. The only way to determine what you like best is to try them all. Once you find a material that you think is appropriate, you might consider a starter pack, which will have many different shapes in the same material. The 351, or teardrop shape, mentioned earlier is common, but it's only a single example of a massive variety. You can also find artist signature picks, an opportunity to pay a lot more for the same thing without the signature. They won't make you play better, but that doesn't mean that you won't like them. As a generalization, Bigger picks are favored by players who tend to play with a looser hand and are popular with strummers. Smaller picks are often seen to be more precise. I tend to not hit the strings particularly hard and play with very thick picks, only going thinner for acoustic strumming from time to time. In this regard, one size rarely fits them all. The tip shape of the pick is relevant to many players. A rounder tip has a softer attack and less bite. A sharper, more pointed tip has a stronger attack because less pick is engaging the strings. Some players claim that a sharp tip is needed for very fast and dexterous playing of arpeggios, string skipping, and alternate picking. In my opinion, you can do what you want with any tip shape given that for years, the teardrop was the only shape and hundreds of guitarists had enormous success without the risk of option paralysis. However, if you prefer a certain tip shape and it helps you achieve your goals, well, clearly that's the right one for you. Some picks are even shaped where the pick has a hollowed area or have holes drilled or use obvious ridges as a means to help the player keep the pick from moving around in the fingers. Let's just say that the pick shopping experience lasts forever. Pick thickness generally implies flexibility. A thin pick will be more flexible than a thicker pick. A specific thickness's flexibility is highly dependent on the material used. 
For example, an acrylic pick of 1mm thickness is stiffer than a 1mm nylon pick, for example. I tend to play with picks in the 2mm to 3mm range, personally, because that works for me. I can vary my attack to achieve different tones. I do have a super thin alloy pick and a 10mm thick acrylic, but I don't use either in practical use. Did have a very nice moose antler pick about 2mm thick made for me by hand by a follower of my photography channel, but over time it developed a rather unpleasant smell, so it sits quietly in my pick collection at this time. New players coming to guitar often wonder if a pick is necessary. It's really going to depend on what kind of music that you'll play. Jeff Beck started using picks, but in his later years went exclusively to using his fingers. The jazz great Wes Montgomery never used a pick and mostly used his thumb. Welsh guitarist Chris Buck uses both his fingers and picks, and in his videos you can see him transitioning smoothly between them. That's quite a skill in and of itself. For those playing nylon string instruments, picks are generally not used because the tonal response isn't what you want. Have a listen to Andre Segovia to get that sound of fingers on nylon string in your mind. Metal and rock players tend to use picks more than not. If the style of music that you will play most benefits from a pick, then learn to play with a pick. If it doesn't, then don't. Folks always ask me if picks wear out, and the answer is of course they do. For me, more often though, they vanish into some other dimension that I believe is solely inhabited by metaverse transiting guitar picks. All picks wear down, and it will depend very much on what they're hitting. Nickel steel strings or bronze over steel strings will wear out a pick. Nylon, if you were using a pick, will wear it out more slowly. How do you know? Well, the pick no longer feels like a new pick, and the tonality has changed enough that you notice. This does not necessarily mean that you should replace the pick, so long as you like what you are getting from a tone perspective and it feels good, just keep going. Softer materials like celluloid will wear faster than acrylic or metal. Your picking technique will also have a great impact on pick wear. The harder that you hit the strings, the faster the pick is going to wear out. Also, if you tend to play heavier gauge strings, well, that's a thing that will impact pick wear as well. When people ask me, what pick do I start with as a new player? My recommendation will be a sample pack of acrylic picks. Acrylic lasts a long time. They're easy to grip without a lot of muscle tension, and they're not fatiguing, because over time as they warm up, they tend not to fly away. Guitar shops will often give out a few celluloid picks with a new guitar purchase as well, but remember that finding the right pick for you actually does increase the joy of playing. I was asked what the most ludicrously expensive guitar pick available is. I don't know if I got the final answer, because I only did a little bit of research, but I discovered a company called Star Picks. They're made from meteorites, and they sell for 5000 Australian dollars. I can offer you my personal guarantee that I will never spend that kind of money on a guitar pick. Regardless of the material used, the construction of guitar picks involves cutting and shaping the material into the desired shape and thickness. The material will determine what kind of tools are used. 
In recent years, there's been an increase in the use of custom-made picks, allowing guitarists to choose the material, the shape, and the thickness of their picks. This customization allows guitarists to tailor their picks to their playing style and preferences, resulting in a more personalized and possibly unique sound. Wrapping this up, we see that the history of guitar picks spans over a century, with picks being made from a variety of different materials throughout their evolution. There are more choices and more options than most folks ever imagine. As always, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the articles and this podcast so you get notified when a new one is posted. I'm Ross Chevalier, and until next time, peace.